Garage Logic, broadcasting live from the office of the mayor above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, vice president of social media, and John Hyde in the newsroom. Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Sometimes it just takes me longer to get ready. I just thought you'd like to hear Arcade Fire. I like up. that too, but it, it sometimes it just takes me longer to get ready. Uh, There's only one question today yeah, that's more pressing than any other question. Just a minute, Matt. Oh my God! If you get this, yes, I do. If yes, you get this, yes, I do. I'm, I, I will find that frightening, and I will leave. Is it sports related? <laughs> Yes. Don't tell you me. You know what? Do not I, I'm tell gonna, me. I'm going to no. write it down. Matt. I know what it is. Here, 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 here. here. I, know, I know what Hold it has on. to do that with. Way this I know is, is going to frighten me. Hold on. Here. Here's a piece of paper. Write it on there. Fold it in half. Okay, and don't let me see it. Well, should I finish no, the question? No, well, hold on, because he's 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 feverishly this is gonna be, scribbling this down. Like right, I'm, this. Not, I'm not looking. I'm not going to yeah. like Bring uh, it in to me, Chris. Please. No, well, but this might influence how you deliver the message. Well, I won't look. Okay, you wait there. Honest to God. I'm not looking. I can't see it. I cannot see it. If you if you're in my head for I all I said is there's only one question and your hand shot up in the air. I know what the question is, and we have not talked about this prior to the show. You guys barely talked at all. There's only one question that needs to be resolved today in the United States, if not the entire world. Come to Papa. What in the world did Jimmy Butler do to his hair? Oh, is that what you had? No. Oh, thank God! Dang. That would have frightened me if you had if you had that. What was your what? What did you think I was going to say? He wrote down uh, NFL touchdown calls. Oh, they were they were problematic yesterday. I thought you were going to um, sarcastically say, uh, "What are we going to do about this?" Because uh, that obviously was a touchdown that they disallowed. And the last, at the end of the game, breaking the plane and then fumbling the ball, it's just, it's a mess. I'm really glad because that would have made you leave. So I'm glad he wasn't right. Jimmy Jimmy Butler had had the half afro flattened on top. You could set a tray on it, (laughs) right? And it was cool. Mm -hmm. He's a fashion-conscious guy. Mm -hmm. He shows up last night with, I can't, I don't know what, was there a helmet? Was there a skull cap on his head? Uh... Corn Road to beat hell. Whew. I don't know where he got this done. Yep. Did anyone see it? I, Am I, I the only one? I, I, I did not see it. So I didn't I'm watch the Wolves. Describe. I did not watch the Wolves yesterday. Well, uh, I I have no earthly. He looked like uh, he was made up uh, for the role of some sort of alien warrior in some futuristic movie. Darn! I wish I would have watched it because it's, then it's that the oddest you, thing I've ever seen. That would. And that was that was the most pressing question. That needs to be solved in the United States of America. Other than why did this fruitcake from Bangladesh try to blow up the New York subway system? What's right? 
Uh, he, was very, seeking, he was seeking revenge for airstrikes on Bangladesh. There's one problem. There never has been. I was going to say, when did we? Because I don't remember. 27-year-old identified as Akayed Ola. Mm. He had a pipe bomb strapped to him when it went off. Thank God it only went off and hurt him. Too bad it didn't disembowel him. Right. Uh, this was in an underground passageway between 7th and 8th Avenues on 42nd Street at 7.30 this morning. Uh, Ula was arrested and has non-life-threatening injuries. So it really was a, not only is he an idiot, it was just a bad pipe bomb. Really bad Much to bomb. our uh, gratefulness. Right, right. Because it went off strapped to him and it didn't even hurt him. So we're good. Three He's other people sustained non-life-threatening injuries. Uh, the Port Authority bus terminal, terminal, the nation's largest bus hub, was shut down along with eight subway lines and all streets around Times Square. Mayor Bill de Blasio said the device that exploded was an attempted terrorist attack. He said it's lucky Ula did not achieve his ultimate goals. Ula said, uh, I'm sorry, law enforcement officials said Ula was inspired by the Islamic State, but it had apparently not had any direct contact with the terror group. Uh, he is said to live in Brooklyn and be of Bangladeshi descent. All right. Authority said the bomb was a low-tech explosive device attached to Ula with Velcro and plastic ties. Ah, He's low, like the low, shoe bomber, low, remember? That guy blew it, Richard, too. Uh, Richard uh, Shoe. Low-tech, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were investigating how it was made. Uh, authorities were also combing through video of the bombing in the subway system. You can imagine the emergency response that this triggered. Hmm. Uh, most people heard only chaos, and uh, thank God no one was killed. I'm trying to get my wits about me where Bangladesh is. Okay. White House press, Bangladesh is over, you know, it's over there. Right, over by, uh, uh, you know, you got your West Bengal. Over by India. Your Kalata, Kolkata, Chittagong. It's over there. South of Kathmandu, Nepal. Mm -hmm. White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders tweeted that President Donald Trump has been briefed on the explosion. And then apparently he tweeted back complaining that the New York Times, uh, wrote a fake news piece saying he watches too much television. Ah. Mm -hmm. Bangladesh is, uh, we got to, do they have, I mean, didn't they have a famine problem years ago? Have they solved that or are we still working Well, Well, you're thinking of the concert for Bangladesh. They've had, uh, they are plagued by incredible poverty. Mm. Okay. This, this guy had come to this country and was working as a cab driver and he was said to have been seeking revenge uh, to which we might say, revenge for what? Right. And he thought there were airstrikes on his country committed by the United States. Those have never taken place. Got it. So he was misinformed. Are you aware that uh, Mr. I'm sorry, President Trump is angry that the fake news is reporting how many hours of television he watches every day? <sighs> I'm going to defend him here in a moment. Oh, okay. He is said to watch Listeners six to eight. Pleased. While he is said to watch six to eight hours of television daily, he calls that a false story. Uh, the president is pushing back against a report in the New York Times about his first year in office that mentioned he watched. Oh, I'm sorry, four hours of television a day, sometimes twice that amount. 
Uh, Trump said on Twitter that he seldom, if ever, watches CNN or MSNBC, both of which I consider fake news, he said. He loves to quote him, though. The president says he also never watches CNN anchor Don Lemon's show, CNN Tonight. I can't blame him for that. The Times said its story was based on interviews with 60 advisors, associates, friends, and members of uh, Congress. He is said to drink 12 Diet Cokes a day. Mm, That's not good. Yes, sir. I can be president. <laughs> a Diet Coke for every pot. <laughs> uh, that is not good for you. No, that's that's really bad. That for is you. not good for you. Yeah, unless he glug glugs over here. He can afford the world's finest <clears throat> chefs. And apparently he's got, he, the white, he's got my dream job. Go down to the White House kitchen and say sit there late at make, night and talk to the cook and have I'm a little all, something. Yep. Yeah, oh roast tonight. Yeah. And then you shake your glass like this and say, yeah. I need another scotch. Yeah. But he has a very plain diet, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, he's not in the best of shape. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't mean bad shape, but he's just, you know, he's kind of portly. Yeah. He's, he's thick. He's doughy. Yeah, doughy is a good word. Mm-hmm. Makes me hungry. Uh, in any event, he's uh, very unnerved by the fact that it's reported that he watches so much television. Here's my defense. That's not plausible. Let and they say sometimes twice that amount, meaning eight hours. He doesn't have time. There's, you got to go pardon a turkey. You got to go outside. I mean, stuff going on. He doesn't have eight hours a day to watch television. I or am I being naive? No, there's always there's eight briefings. hours. Think of the news and and the time that has to be spent with the president saying, uh, tomorrow you have. Uh, the president of Senegal is coming. Yeah, and then, you, then the Boy Scouts are coming by. And then you got to go out to here and talk to some uh, woman about a, a new homeless shelter in Washington, D.C. Right. There's not eight hours for him to sit in front of a TV. He would be sleeping. You know, by that time, by the end of the day, you're like, oh, it was a long day. I'm out. And not to mention that uh, he tweets so frequently that that requires time. I mean, I realize you can tweet while a TV's on. I actually did that, didn't I? Yeah, you I? did. You had the, is that the, the remote thumb. control. We have like the thumb clicker from the game show. Yeah, that I, was had the, I had the clicker going here. I can't stop. I can't stop. <laughs> yes. I can't stop my thumb. It keeps changing. I can't stop my thumb. Uh, anyway, uh, just a moment. Okay. Uh, Garage Logic will uh, we'll return. See more urban wildlife than a DNR field agent with a PhD, Joe Suchere. Yeah. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> there he goes. He's got ah! her. He's got her now. If I I did that for Tommy, but I don't think he's got much here. What? It's not. Uh, this isn't one of your A ideas. You know, I'm having a little trouble with uh, hey, with all the equipment there. With all the equipment. Hey, hey. <laughs> we got her now. How you? How you? If doing? you know what I mean. How yeah, we got her. Well, come on. Here we. Here go. it is. Come on. Having a little problem with your equipment? I'll say. Hey. God, bless it. Uh, after having to put cold water on my cloths. Clothes, he probably means. Oh, okay. Three times at lunch for food stains, 
I came up with a million dollar idea, the Tommy body bib. What's that? It's made of plastic and you pull it over and your head and tighten it around your neck and the bib is open at the bottom and made in lengths that match your height. What the hell? What? What? No, this is a bad idea, Tommy. He says that you can rent them at restaurants like bowling shoes. He says, what do you think? I don't think much of it at all. Right. Uh, you know it doesn't. Do you know what I'm picturing? What? The scene in The Naked Gun with Priscilla Presley and they're wearing the giant... Body condoms. <laughs> I I, uh, I remember that. I vaguely remember that. That's what I'm picturing. Might we go back on? You want a you million? Go, you go with the equipment. Is there yeah. a little uh, feature on your equipment there that tells you how long it is? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> how's this for a million dollar? Idea? Here we go. Now yeah. we got it. This is from the Washington Post. Okay. And boy, this is going to uh, this is going to cut you to the quick. Okay. Because you are. Uh, steeped in uh, get-rich-quick schemes. Yeah, I, I want I want water and electricity. I want to I want to get there right now. The path, water and electricity. Take the take the least path of resistance. Yeah, you got the chair box. And, yeah, I want, know, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit it sometime. I'm you got the wag. You got the industry. Yes. Now candle making. I mean, this is we got it all. Eleven. A six-year-old made eleven million dollars last year reviewing toys on YouTube. Eleven million dollars. Been trying to get Gabe to do that for I don't know how many years. It's a six-page story. I'm not interested. I'm only interested in one thing. How how did he? Where, where does the money, the money come, come from? from? Yes. His name is Ryan. Uh, obviously, his last name and his residence are not to be published. By the Washington Post, he's just a little kid. Uh, he's become a multimillionaire, according to Forbes magazine's just out list of highest paid YouTube entrepreneurs. He was ranked number eight, having brought in $11 million in revenue between June 1, 2016 and June 1, 2017, before management fees and taxes. He is tied with the comedy channel Smosh, created by Anthony Padilla and Ian Hecox. Hmm. I have no idea what any of this Don't is referring is. to. Uh, combined, wow. oh, this is really going to cut you to the quick. Why are you doing this to Combined, me? the world's 10 highest paid YouTube stars earned $127 million, up 80% from last year. Uh, according to Forbes, the boost comes thanks to ad dollars from a surge in views, including a healthy sum from... Ryan Toys Review. We're back to the kid now. Okay. During the 12 months considered by Forbes, Ryan Toys Review counted 8 billion views. Oh I'm looking at his channel right now. Okay. You're um, the director well, of social media. I, do you want me to wait till you're done with this yes. story? Okay. What has grown into a viral phenomenon began with a simple, unremarkable 15-minute video about a Lego Duplo train set. When his family started recording, recording and posting the videos... In March of 2015, the three-year-old barely had any views, let alone reviews. Uh, I, I Again, I can't read this whole thing. Uh, apparently, he opens up toys and starts playing with them. So I'm looking at his channel right Who now. Who in the hell buys time? But, Who's advertising? But what he's doing, he, first of all, my guess is it's either his mom or dad or whoever that has you know a lot of great and uh, precise equipment that's using 
the the recorded pieces of his, you know, hey, I'm opening up this new Matchbox or whatever. Here he's opening right. up uh, Lightning McQueen. But they're almost episodes. So instead That's of cars. your kid watching, you know, 15 minutes of, like mine, Paw Patrol, he's going to watch 15 minutes of this kid playing with th- these new toys. Okay. And then my, my six-year-old is going to want to buy those toys. Thus, right, right. that's where the source of his revenue is coming from. Well, <laughs> no. But how? Because uh, Mattel or whoever is going to be buying the advertising rights to be part of this YouTube channel because 46 million people have watched this video and it was posted on October 23rd of 2016. Mine, my experience didn't uh, go that well when when Gabe was going to be the the Lego master. Mm -hmm. Hello guys, my name is Gabe and today we are going to finish my little... Doghouse. Okay. That's fantastic. He's got about six And videos. I'm shocked that you didn't make 11 million. You know, where was Legos? How where? many views did that get? Three? Uh, 566 views. I guess that's not enough, huh? No, it's not enough. Wow. Uh, Ryan's mom said we post new video every day, and we typically film two to three videos at a time, two to three times <clears> a week. <throat> we try not to interfere with Ryan's pre preschool schedule. So a majority of the filming takes place during the weekend, and then we'll edit while he's in school. But so also, what you're suggesting, Director of Social Media, yes, sir. is that the family or Smosh, the, the channel, must have arrangements with toy companies for percentages of revenue. And I just went through while you and Rook were talking, and not only is there uh, uh, toys, but there's also food and all sorts of different. It's not yeah. just toys. So whether it's kids' snacks and what have you, there's all sorts of marketing op- op- options with his YouTube channel. You ever get the feeling there's you're missing out on something? Something going on out there that we don't know anything about. When I find it, I'm gonna. I'm. You're in. You on let it, us know. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you bring us to break and then also bring us and fetch fetch from his newsroom, John Height. Commencing garage logic segment number three. John Height. Yes. Did you see any of the Timberwolves game? I did not. I saw his picture Isn't in the paper today, that, that I am uh, the only one who saw some of it? <laughs> That's amazing, because I'm, I'm not a basketball guy. So, you call you Mr. NBA. Well, anyway, he did something really strange to his do. Uh, there was a picture of him in the paper. I can't tell I if he's wearing, got a hat on. If a hat's part of the deal, or if that's his head, I don't, I don't get it. It looks like from the picture of the paper, it's his head, and he shaved a line around the top of his head. Yeah, and he was also wearing a sweatband. So Reavers, yes, sir. Call Jimmy Butler. See um, if he wants to come on the air. Hey, remember? Just go into your phone. Didn't you got he him in give out his cell phone? Remember? He did. He when did. he was traded, he did. Yeah. Give him a call. Dang it. All right, give him a call. Here's um, John Knight in the newsroom. Thanks, Joe. Cloudy and 35 degrees. This update brought to you by Robert W. Baird and Company. Vikings winning streak broken yesterday in their 31-24 loss to Carolina. Uh, Vikes, of course, will still win the division, but now are behind the Eagles as the number one seed in the NFC. The Eagles winning yesterday, although they did lose MVP candidate Carson Wentz when the ACL in his left knee was torn during a run. Next week, the Vikings play the Bengals at U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, two observations. I purposely tuned in to the uh, Eagles at the Rams, assuming that uh, we would be shown wide camera shots of the distant smoke yeah. from the fires. Mm. Uh, to my knowledge, I didn't watch every minute of the game. We were never shown that. 
which disappointed me. Would have been a uh, a uh, a good producer move. And a good two, producer would have. two, uh, I was uh, uh, somewhat taken aback that the general tone of the local news casts last night was uh, that maybe there's some panic to be had about the Vikings. Oh, my God. And I thought to myself, are you kidding me? I know. I'm with you. If you and I know you're not on social media, but Twitter <laughs> yesterday was was ridiculous. I thought, people, what Re- is wrong with you? People? Relax. It's one loss out of sixteen. What are they? Ten and three. They had just yep. won eight games in a row, and everybody's acting like the season is over. Mm-hmm. Settle down. I oh, agree. We should do that every game. Win every did game. you uh, did you heed my advice yesterday and go to the game in Buffalo? Well, oh, you man. you uh, alerted me to the idea that Buffalo and Indianapolis were playing in a raging blizzard. They got a foot of snow during the game <laughs> in Buffalo. Yes. And you said, go to Red Zone. Yep. And I did. I, uh, to my amazement, we have Red Zone. <laughs> and and But all I saw was Green Bay at Cleveland. They never, because they'll go from game to I'm game. I'm not going to gonna stand there and wait. wait. I want the blizzard. Wait a minute. It's a bad waiter. How long did you wait? 30 seconds. <laughs> no. Bad waiter. Bad waiter. Because they, they were on that game ex- uh, quite a bit because of the weather. That's Isn't why I texted that you right away. And in the garage, I don't get the red zone. Oh. That TV uh, doesn't happen to get the red zone. Got it. Okay. And I didn't want to stand around in the house. But the best was Adam. Don't talk to people. Right. Adam Vinatieri, the Colts <laughs> kicker. They had they had scored a touchdown and he's attempting the extra point to tie the game at seven. Did he land on his keister? No, but they spent they called a timeout to clear a path for him to kick. Yep. All the linemen, everybody's digging him a little hole. He aimed the ball right of the right goalpost on and it hooked inside oh. because of the wind. Oh boy! So he knew that that's what was going to happen. It I, was, I covered a game like that years ago in Green Bay where they quite literally were out there between plays shoveling the uh, oh, yardage man. markers. <laughs> It was pretty cool to watch. Yep. Go for men's basketball team tries to get back on the winning track tonight. They're at home against Drake. Now, now you might want to panic about that. The go Gophers? for hoops. Yeah. Come on, you got to win. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thanks, Rick. Thanks. No problem. News notes from today: a Man detonated an improvised explosive device in an underground passageway at a major commuter hub in New York City this morning. New York Police Commissioner James O'Neill identified the suspect as 27-year-old Akayad Ula, who sustained injuries from the blast and is in police custody. A passageway underneath 42nd Street in Manhattan connects the subway stations at Times Square and the Port Authority bus terminal would have been packed with commuters during rush hour. O'Neill said the suspect was heading toward the Times Square subway station when the device detonated about 7.20 a.m. A photo showed a bearded man crumpled on the ground with his shirt apparently blown off and black soot covering his bare midriff. A police officer holding the man's hands behind his back. O'Neill said three other people in the immediate area of the blast were also injured. Fire Commissioner Daniel Negro said they suffered minor injuries consistent with being in the area of an explosion, such as ringing of the ears and headaches. They transported themselves to area hospitals. Negro said the suspect sustained burns to his hands and abdomen in addition to lacerations. The suspect, apparently from Bangladesh, had a second device on him, according to CBS News. Ula entered the U.S. in February 2011 on an immigra- uh, immigrant visa and eventually became a legal permanent resident. He has no criminal record. Brooke Cruz, one of the two suspects in last summer's murder of Savannah Graywin, has changed her plea to guilty this morning in Cass County Court. Cruz was charged, you might remember, with conspiracy to commit murder, kidnapping a child, and providing false information to law enforcement. 
She had pleaded not guilty in September, her attorney filing for a mental health evaluation in October. Cruz and her boyfriend, William Hone, were each charged in connection with the matter. Greywind was eight months pregnant when she disappeared August 19th. Prosecutors allege Cruz admitted taking advantage of Greywind in an attempt to get her baby. Hone's attorney has not yet filed for a mental health evaluation. Greywind's body was found in the Red River five days after her disappearance, a healthy, days-old infant found in the North Fargo apartment at which Greywind had last been seen. Police arrested Cruz and Hone, the apartment's occupants, on August 24th. Republican Alabama Senator Richard Shelby has said yesterday his state can do better than electing fellow Republican Roy Moore to the U.S. Senate, said he wrote in a candidate that was far preferable to the man he is being accused of sexual misconduct. Days before the race, Shelby, who was Alabama's senior senator, said he'd already cast an absentee ballot for another unspecified Republican, even as other prominent state Republicans fell in line behind Moore. Moore faces Democrat Doug Jones in the special election tomorrow to replace Jeff Sessions, now the U.S. Attorney General. Shelby on CNN said, I couldn't vote for Roy Moore. I didn't vote for Roy Moore, but I did write in a distinguished Republican name, and I think a lot of people should do that. The state of Alabama deserves better. A Carver County judge has received a petition to move the contents of Prince's Vault in the Los Angeles area to Paisley Park in Chanhassen as a result of the wildfires in California. Mm. According to an emergency petition filed last week, the vault currently resides at a storage facility called Iron Mountain in Hollywood. Did we know this? That he had a California vault? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's oh, we did. actually was a matter of gotcha. four, about okay. a month ago, month and a half. Uh, that, that they had moved it and the family was protesting then also. Uh, this petition requests the court order now that the contents of the vault be moved to a more secure location with Paisley Park being suggested. In October, two Prince sisters and heirs said they are prepared to take legal action after the contents of Prince's vault, including master tapes of unreleased music, were removed from his Paisley Park studio complex and shipped to California. When did he die? 2016 or 2015? 2016. 16, April, April of 2016. 2016. 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, celebrity chef Mario Batali abruptly removed from his role as co-host of The Chew today on ABC. What did he do? Amid sexual harassment allegations that span over a period of 20 years. In ABC. The show is called The Chew? The Chew. It's on it. The new. Chew. God almighty. Follows The View. The website. <laughs> no. View to a chew. Yeah. The website... Uh, <laughs> Eater New York reports four women have accused Batali of inappropriate behavior while working for him or encountering him at industry events. The women described numerous incidents of Batali groping their behinds, pressing his body up against them, or groping their chests. A spokesperson for Batali and Bastianich Hospitality Group says an employee reported the behavior by Batali in October. The company told the website it was the first formal complaint against him. He was reprimanded and required to attend training. The restauranter did release a statement in response to all of this, saying, I apologize to the people I've mistreated and hurt. Although the identities of most of the individuals mentioned in these stories have not been revealed to me, much of the behavior described does, in fact, match up with ways that I have acted. Hmm. The Food Network has also put Vitaly's hit show Molto Mario on hold while authorities investigate the allegations. He does remain co-owner of his restaurant management company, but says he will step away from it for a period of time as he works to regain the respect and trust of his business partners, employees, and fans. Did you see where the Vulcans are in trouble? No. The head Vulcan had to turn in a ceremonial sword because of allegations made, but it is said it didn't involve a touching thing or a grabbing thing. Hmm. Well, then what kind of thing was it? A verbal thing? Or anything? 
Who knows? I think they're just being overly cautious. It was at Oktoberfest in La Crosse, which is probably not a gathering of cloistered nuns. No. Right. You know what I'm saying? In my mind's eye, I can picture the tent. John, that's fantastic. Is uh, Dave Dahl available? Yes, he is. Cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. I don't want to make this situation. So don't cry. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. We're up to 20 or 35 degrees right now. Nice little thaw after that morning blanket of snow that we had. Anywhere from one to two inches of snow, especially on the east side of town. Uh, all of that is pushing off to the southeast, but there are some more flurries ahead of a cool front. And this front's going to drop our temps in a big way. Overnight tonight down to 11 above. Wind chills of 0 to 5 below by later on. Um, then tomorrow's high only back up to 22, partly cloudy skies. We're back up to 29 on Wednesday. Some more light snow and flurries Wednesday into early Thursday. Thursday's high only 28. Then back to 32 on Friday and 35 again Saturday with some more snow developing. Saturday into Sunday, light snow and flurries. Sunday's high 32. We're going to stay there on Monday. Still some more flurries around Monday's high 32 as well. But it does drop off by Tuesday of next week. We're going to have highs again in the lower 20s. So there's another Arctic front away on the way. These uh, fronts were kind of waffling back and forth, Joe. So uh, temperature roller coaster here over the next week to, say, 10 days. 35 out there right now, heading for uh, temperatures to start falling off later on this afternoon. Thank you. The fires in California are undeniably devastating. Yes. Uh, if you've ever been through the area, it's burning. I've never been out there, so describe, describe well, you, what I you, see. You would, you would quickly come to the realization that it's, it's when, not if. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to burn. Okay. And ever since humans have lived in California... The fires have been repetitive. The problem today, of course, is that tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people now live in harm's way. Uh, Homes are built in every nook and cranny of the canyons. Uh, When it's not on fire, it's gorgeous. And that's the allure. But it's not when you're going to have a fire. I'm sorry. It's not if you're going to have a fire. It's when you're going to have a fire. But again, the complication today, of course, is how heavily populated it is. I'm noting that uh, Governor Jerry Brown, uh, about whom I don't think very much, has blasted Trump. Uh, Apparently, this was on 60 Minutes. I can only imagine that was last night. I didn't see 60 Minutes. I didn't watch 60 either. He said of Trump, he doesn't fear God because he doesn't believe in climate change. Uh, Bear with me. Uh, Speaking to 60 Minutes, uh, Brown, uh, the governor of California, said Trump doesn't fear God because he doesn't buy into climate change. Now is not the time to undo what every country in the world is committed to, Brown said. Uh, He lashed out at Trump, saying Trump's position on climate change is indicative of his relationship with God. Uh, speaking, it was last night, the uh, California Democrat said Trump's policies on the environment and his stance towards climate change show that he doesn't fear God. I have a heavy statement to make here in a moment. Okay. I don't think Trump has a fear of the Lord, the fear of the wrath of God, which leads one to more humility that this is such a reckless disregard for the truth and for the existential consequences that can be unleashed, Brown said. 
During the interview, Brown also called on Trump to reevaluate his decision to withdraw the U.S. from the Paris Agreement on Climate Change. The truth of the case is that there's being too much carbon emitted, that heat-trapping gases are building up, the planet is warming, and all hell is breaking loose. So I'd say to Mr. Trump, take a deeper look. Now is not the time to undo what every country in the world is committed to, Brown said, according to the Washington Examiner. All right. Uh, First of all, uh, it sounds like Brown is making the presumption that uh, the fires, he is saying all of this in the context of the fires in his state. And what it sounds like to me is that Trump is suggesting that these fires are the wrath of God Uh as a punishment for what? Withdrawing from the Paris Accord, which is preposterous on the face of it. But the but the thing that I that struck me is that I have the exact opposite view of Brown. Now, I know nothing about Trump's relationship with God. Right. I have no idea if Trump uh, is in constant prayerful dialogue with God or not. I have no idea. Uh, It would seem likely that he perhaps isn't. But again, I have no idea. Right. We haven't seen the pictures of him walking down the church steps. I have no idea. With the Bible in his hand. But I have always thought that climate change is most readily grasped by the faithless. It, it, It strikes me. That it, that is the faithless who cling to climate change, and that it is only their secular actions that can prevent it, and that they don't they don't even consult a higher power right. when it comes to this. It uh, becomes their religion. It, it it absolutely it is precisely because of faith that, that it, which is one of the reasons I'm the great denier. <laughs> I, I don't I don't for a moment believe. Uh, well, I don't. There's a couple of things I don't believe. One thing I don't believe is I don't believe the fires in California right now are, are the wrath of God. Uh, I would agree with you there. And two, uh, what I've always believed, I've never shared it publicly. What I've always believed is that the uh, the, the most vocal activists who wish to bring about the mystery using the environment as their shield, Mm -hmm. are in fact some of the most faithless people I've ever experienced in my life. And that uh, for Brown uh, to to accuse Trump of this is very telling because I doubt, I doubt that, uh, it it strikes me that uh, Brown is a, a very convincing secularist who believes that man and only man on earth can can control the fate of nature. And I, I don't buy that. Right. I just don't buy it. <laughs> it's silly. To, when you think of it, it's silly to think that when the, when you see the, the powerful force of nature. Again, I did it again today. Anyone can do it. You can research the history of the terrible fires that have plagued California. And they go back through time. Uh, there have been more fires recently but that is indicative. Well, there have been more fires recently insofar as more fires have affected more people, but you can tie that to the increase in population. The idea that this current wave of fires is, uh, is, is somehow punishment 
because the president <laughs> doesn't fear the Lord yeah. is beyond the pale. Uh, Brown has no more idea than I do what Trump's relationship is with his maker. Uh, for all I know, he has a very sound relationship with him or maybe zero. But whether he even knows it or not, uh, uh, Trump uh, Trump might be exhibiting the kind of idea here that the faithful, generally speaking, mm-hmm. generally speaking, not in all cases, but generally speaking, have no fear about climate change because they understand that nature's unknowable and it's not really at at man's fingertips to control the thermometer, for example. Right. That can't be done. Now, did Brown fly to New York for the 60 Minutes? Did he hypocritically fly to New York for the 60 Minutes uh, broadcast? Or they probably interviewed him uh, back in California. But he's been using the fires uh, vehemently to uh, to advance his belief that man must stop all carbon emissions. And, and basically, he is leading a brigade of the faithless who want to undo capitalism, freedom, and everything else that the mystery would bring about, and they're using climate change to bring it about. These are the words of me, the great <laughs> denier. I can't find... Here it is. I got it. merely falls into the camp of celebrity hypocrites. Uh, there's only one person that I would respect if they chose to lecture me on climate change. Pedro? Yep. Pedro Luca, uh-huh. the uh, hermit who lives in a cave in Argentina and has no belongings and uses no power whatsoever. Right. Uh, and as far as I know, Pedro's not interested in man-made climate change, there being no such thing. So, uh, in the event he ever became interested, I would pay him rapt attention. Be, <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. He would be the only one I'd pay attention to. 1500 ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis, 35.